0: Greetings everyone, welcome back to the Daring Poppy channel. Today is still Wednesday the 22nd of July, it's just feeling like um, a natural synthesis to keep the, this information flowing that, that's on my table, so it's all just a natural evolution of everything that we're, we're bringing together here. Um, the The topic of family values. I'd just like to round off from the last podcast, the fireside chat, that everyone has their own diversity that they bring to the table. And it is about unity. And it's also about celebrating diversity. So my, my way of sharing what's helped me is but one aspect of diversity and everyone will have their own set of values in accordance with whatever that represents but basically this is about reclaiming respect and this is about respect of elders and I will devote a future podcast to that topic because that has has been a serious area of erosion into generational wisdom or actually intergenerational spiritual wisdom, as I as I, I um, believe it should, should really be called. And these values that we, we are encouraging each other to start incorporating again in our homes, it's all about keeping each other honest. And it's a bit sad to even say that we need to keep each other honest, but that's, really a product of how much we've devolved as a civilization and it it will get easier once we we all get into the habit of being honest but at the moment it's about having to actually hold other people accountable for dishonesty and hence that zero tolerance to bullshit policy that i needed to adopt it was shocking But we're living in shocking times, and sometimes it takes shock tactics to to actually snap people out of their comatosed states. And it's a bit like I talked back earlier in in the very beginning of my podcasting, that when people are maybe about to pass out or going to be a, a, a threat to themselves, you know, as we see in the movies, they get a slap over the face to... To slap them to their senses, and I see this nothing more than that quite now. Um, at this moment in time, we're living in shocking times, and there is shocking behavior, and sometimes you need to fight shock with shock. So, ultimately, to bring an end to it, though, I mean, we, you know, we've had enough shock for um, to last us multiple lifetimes. So, it's about honoring our word. Um, that's about honesty. Um, that comes back to cause and effect, um, and that's not something that that is is embraced, and it's been actually squeezed out of us. That that functioning principle, and that's because it comes under the the um, heading of karma, which is basically just a result of our actions and being responsible for whatever it is that we're causing to happen. So that was that was a big sigh in my book because you don't have to be responsible if you if you think that there's nothing to be responsible for. That's simple. And I see that our consciousness and well, it's actually our conscience that evolves through lessons of personal responsibility. And if we're not As parents being responsible about guiding our children's conscience that's through honesty and letting them teaching them to trust their intuition and their instincts then then they've passed up on a major um, asset to, to what's actually going to help them to be the best that they can be and this is what I see: sets of people apart at the moment on this planet. There's people who actually don't have a conscience anymore. There's something that's that's kind of nullified there as to moral issues that they can perhaps turn the other cheek to do with. Um, but that that's why this is this the motivation for me is to prepare people for the shock that's coming because everyone's going to need to ask themselves the question very shortly. Um, can you really turn your cheek on children that are being sacrificed? So I'll just leave that on that note. Okay so oh, what are, just something that came to mind when I was thinking about it's, it's, it's this this shocking behavior and the way that we need to actually bring some common sense back. We need to use shame as, uh, unfortunately, but we do need to use shame as a way of helping people to realise how to feel the consequences of their actions. And in the dictionary, shame means a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrong or foolish behaviour. So there's that word full, weak minded behaviour. So it's actually self-inflicted. Shame is, is is self-inflicted because if you were acting or one was acting consciously and with, with um with a conscience, there would be no need for um, consequences of, of that behaviour and Back in, in the old days, you know, they had the, in the village, there was always the stock, the stocks, um, where anyone who'd broken the, the, the code of conduct or whatever within the village, there was a little bit of public humiliation, and that served as a deterrent, and that's what we need. We need to raise the bar of consciousness about appropriate codes of conduct and no one wants to end up with their head in the stocks and having rotten tomatoes thrown at them. But boy, I tell you what, there's been times over my life that I thought, great, you know, we could really do with bringing those back in some of the little local communities that we have. Because that in turn shame it actually shames the parents of those, or, or whoever, the far the, the now, the family, whoever of those children. You've got to take responsibility for your far now. And this is why it all comes back to how we behave and what we're teaching in our homes. And the word "educate" simply means to bring forth. So we're not we're not responsible for each other in that we we are the sum of who we are through multiple lifetimes, but it's the environment that fosters whatever comes forth, and we. We need to really start factoring in that the home life and, you know, community are so important. It does take a village to raise a child. I believe in that. But sadly, I'm hearing the wrong people say it. The ones that have actually destroyed the village and stolen our children are using this forked tongue to say... It's treating us like fools to say we should be doing things that they've actually created a divide that that nearly makes impossible. Us meeting in the middle with all this divisive double speak and tower of Babel and whatnot. So, all right, well, I'll just wind off there because today I'd like to move on. Um... Just rounding in this, this I see political correctness as the enemy of, of us developing our conscience. Because political correctness it, it steals the lessons away from us. It makes us dependent and lame. It steals our freedom from us, which is what we're seeing right now. So the days of PC are over. We're getting back to personal responsibility, people. Now, children will love us for it. So, rolling on with religion, politics, and medicine. This is this is all coming all home to, to just really quite um, symbiotically here. So, if we hold the power of reason going to just look at the really assess the power of reason in this podcast and we'll hold that up to these three topics religion politics and medicine and just see see what what mirrors back in alignment with the hidden influence of beliefs and fears that Olivier Clark has talked about in, in back in the earlier podcast if pe- hopefully people have taken the time to read his um, findings on modern medicine being the new world religion. These facts clearly show for anyone taking the time to study them that our political parties enjoy an astonishing degree of undeserved credit that is out of all proportion with their actual results and promises. For example, New Zealand's Labour Party used to protect the worker Labor Day itself was established to commemorate the struggle for an 8-hour working day or a 40-hour working week. New Zealand workers were amongst the first in the world to claim this right in 1840. The Labor Day Act of 1899 created a statutory public holiday and was first officially celebrated in 1900. And then we can take a look at the Green Party. I mean, they aren't very green anymore. They make no stand against the war on 1080 that's been waged on our land, Um, let alone newer forms of technological, environmental pollution, 5G and the like. So this undeserved credit comes mostly from the fact that people have trusted the authoritative figures Is the only certain belief in an uncertain world. So from doctors to scientists, teachers to politicians, these so-called trusted authorities are seen as the priests of the new religion, delivering through the certainties of science and sustainable development what the old discredited gods were not able to deliver. If we can no longer believe in the miracles, the cures, and the curses of the old religions, we can certainly believe in the miracles, the cures, and the governing powers of the UN religion. Not. Well, this is what the world is slowly waking up to. We have a a United Nations religion. So almost imperceptibly, the modern world view has perpetuated the saviour complex of our foremothers and fathers. Looking back through history, we find ourselves repeating history, characterised through autocracy, centralisation, the control and manipulation of people, censorship, propaganda, total obedience, infallibility, the destruction of conspiracy theorists, and the stamping out of individuality. All, this, this is all, of course, has been done in the name of public health and the general good, just as the Church Fathers acted for mankind's salvation. So we can see then, that even though our society considers itself to be secular, It has remained as controlled as it was a century ago, but with two major differences. Firstly, our society is not aware of it. It believes itself to be rational, scientific, and free of superstition. It fails to recognize that it is still, in effect, observing the old religious rituals, but under a new guise. Secondly, our society now lives Its religious experiences through secular forms, medical ones in particular, and has at the same time transferred its hopes and aspirations from the spiritual world to the material. Even a superficial study of contemporary culture will reveal that the supposed secularization of present-day society is just an illusion. Even though most people do not conform to the outward show of religious custom and practice, mostly Judo, Christian and Western culture, the beliefs and superstitions remain deeply embedded in their subconscious, influencing many aspects of their daily lives without them even realising it. And as several sociology studies have shown, the superstitious beliefs that used to be attached to the formal religions have in many cases simply been transferred to other objects, persons or events. The daily evening television news bulletins, watched by millions worldwide in their respective countries, the stars of show, business and sport, humanitarian associations and all sorts of other things in modern life, these have now become the new gods we venerate or fear or the shrines at which we worship or curse and where we still experience those primitive religious urges and feelings where we can believe without necessarily having to think or rationalize. So this goes a long way to explain the mindset and attitudes we are seeing manifest surrounding the supposed threat of a global virus pandemic. On one hand, there are those who are questioning the medical rationale and engage in, engaging the power of God-given reason. Coupled with logic, taking the time to examine the science models and data our politicians are presenting us with. And then there are those who choose to trust these authority figures and refuse to do their own research and cross-examining. This mindset Is the realm of the unconscious mind that is full of conditioned fears and beliefs that Olivier exposes in his study. I personally believe it is blind faith, born of a malfunction in the mind. Remember it is the faculties of inner discernment, coherency and cognitive functioning principles that guide our outer world. So think about the, the the impact lead poisoning. I'll just bring that draw that back in as we've seen what what happened um, back in the Victorian era with the indu- introduction of lead into into the environment in many different ways. I mean, we find out that lead exposure has serious consequences um, at high levels of exposure. it attacks the brain. And central nervous system and causes coma, convulsions, and even death. So anyone who has taken the time to to tune into any of those documentaries will have learned that what Europe, many countries throughout Europe actually banned lead. And it took England, the the United uh, United Kingdom another hundred years. To ban it which it ended up being in 1970 that the UK banned lead so New Zealand's had a lot of lead poisoning that, that if, if England had been astute and and um, wise as other European nations were lead would have never even made it way its way onto this land so I mean, the Romans found out that they were poisoning themselves through lead. I just, you just have to wonder, I mean, it's a prime example of people not learning from history. Why, why did the English even entertain lead coming onto their shores? So I sadly do see it as a, an assault, a medical assault. And I'd just like to read out here, just to really compare apples with apples, the dictionary meanings of coherent and cognitive, both adjectives. To be coherent describes a rational, logical and and consistent mental abilities. To be cognitive is all forms of awareness, such as perceiving, reasoning remembering imagining and problem solving okay so we've we've had an assault on those those faculties through poisoning and other subliminal attacks so we'll compare that with cognitive dissonance which is a noun This refers to a mental conflict that occurs when a person's behaviors and beliefs do not align it may also happen when a person holds two beliefs that are that conflict one another so in other words cognitive dissonance is actually chaotic and it is a defunct faith defunct means no longer functioning so how many how many years is it going to take for something to actually prove that you know we, we can keep trusting the rationale that's been in control all these thousands of years so that's a challenge i'm throwing out to anyone who cares to to listen and maybe do a little bit of your own research it is all about cause and effect and this does come back to reincarnation and I don't really understand why it's not embraced so much you know it's it's a wonderful thought to think that we have more than one lifetime of to the best of my knowledge I've grown to understand that reincarnation is threefold we have our personal karma then there's ethnic karma which would be to do with your your race and then geographic karma So we are custodians of Mother Earth according to our geological location and how we tend the land and so right now if we just imagine for a moment that the hand of karma is about to be served with Mother Earth she's got her say in this and it will just be but um, a reflection of the cause She, she will be the effect as according to the cause And that's an alignment with our our indigenous heritage and our personal journey so take it or leave it but it's it's definitely going to be um, right up there as something that we need to own very shortly okay so a lovely description that I once heard and I wrote this down of what karma means and I'll share this at this moment in time it means the totality of a person's actions in any one of the successive states of his or her existence thought of as determining his or her fate in the next okay and that came from a Webster's New World Dictionary it's about personal responsibility, that's what cause and effect does, it's common sense and ultimately beyond personal responsibility it's about spiritual responsibility and we're finding out that this is a spiritual war playing out right now on this planet but the trick was to actually not even have us even being aware that spiritually that that, that was even a contender in the big scheme of things, and we're finding it out that it's actually the most important. So this is about the hero's journey, and finding our way home, and home is where the heart is. And those Egyptians knew very well when they were sharing with everyone through their wonderful pictorials and and hieroglyphs that it is the heart that is weighed at the end of our lifetimes and it is to weigh as light as a feather, hopefully. And we're seeing through all this wonderful heart math research and quantum science is revealing that the heart actually informs the brain. The heart has has a great cognitive influence on our body so it kind of makes sense that's why um, our hearts have been intentionally shut down by the forces that be well the forces that were is probably the right context from now on um, and I just round off for today a lovely reference point will come it's lovely to come back to the threefold heart flame that that is what will guide us home the threefold heart flame is that violet flame of transmutation which is the the emergence of, of the the power the love and the and the wisdom blue blue of father power the pink of mother love and the gold of child wisdom and I loved how I loved how Ruth Goodman spoke, in how butter how butter was made, and she was cleaning out those wonderful. I think they were made of oak. Um, those um, great oak urns that she was making the butter in, and the way that they traditionally cleaned those, because when you're making cheese and butter, you know that. Sanitization is, is of utmost, utmost importance and not only was soap, the three things were soap, hot water and the third one was light but I loved how she emphasised that it was ultraviolet light because that's, that's the colour of the spectrum that actually kills harmful bacteria. So that's quite interesting that it aligns with our spiritual alchemy that our flame of our divine spark our divine flame of transmutation is is violet so light is intelligent we're finding this is so exciting it is coherent it seeks fellow coherency and that's why we need to shift out of chaos and cognitive dissonance and get get back into harmony get into that harmonic resonance and then we'll all that the, something called entrainment kicks in, which is when we all start to support each other, a lot in alignment with the, the harmonic forces of the universe. So, I'll just quickly round off with um, some attachments that I put in yesterday with the podcast number forty-five. Um. Okay, a wonderful documentary by AEA Films, and that was to do with the Dogon tribe. It felt really um, great to be able to discover that. It's an African history documentary, which winds just rolls back in this whole serious mystery and why the blazing star is so important right at this moment in time. Um, X-22 report, an incredible report there from this American gentleman to do with some Q postings and some marker events. That was um, very insightful for those who are interested in following a little bit more of the QAnon phenomenon. Um, Denise Wilkinson, I've got another little one posting from her, the Redneck Kunas. Um, Rebel News, that was incredible. Ezra is having a, be- a book launch in northern Alberta at a place called Sherwood Park. And his book's called China Virus. And he's, just have a look at that, folks. It's quite amazing the resistance that he's meeting with them trying to sabotage that the launch of that book. That's to do with the Chinese Communist Party, um... Yeah, cover-ups and whatnot. Viper TV Studios, an incredible ancient Sumerian tablet documentary box set there. Um, I'm going to put up a little bit from New Zealand history to do with Labor Day, just um, something for people to read about the true meaning of Labor Day. Um, and the piece of music that I posted yesterday was from the two cellos and it's the official video from the Game of Thrones and that's by two amazing musicians Luca and Steepan so enjoy that folks I noticed that the um, Q Anon had called out the Game of Thrones but calling it the Shame of Thrones thought that was quite pertinent And there's more to be talked about on that topic. But for now, we'll just wind up there. And as always, I'm extremely grateful for all the wonderful support and amazing resources and material which go to help piece piece the puzzle together. So Aro Hanui for now. Look forward to being back real soon.